This is my first job in sports web series presented by SBRNet, your comprehensive source of sports data to the academic community. Here are the hosts of my first job in sports, Neil Schwartz and Mark Sullivan. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of my first job in sports presented by SBRNet, along with our friends from the sports and fitness industry association. I'm Neil Schwartz, your host. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Sullivan. Mark, how are you today? I am excellent. Excited that we are not only going to get to talk about jobs, but we're going to get to talk a little bit about golf. I know you and I do share a passion for golf, and I know today's guest uh, is really going to be uh, able to kind of fill a lot of that gap in turning our passion into, for some people, into a job. Mark, explain a little bit about what we're doing here with My First Job in Sports. The goal of the program is to, I always say, provide a little education and a little inspiration. Uh, education, how do you crack in? How do you get that first job? And uh, I'm hoping that some people out there listening or watching our interview today with Jeff will look at him and say, wow, I, c- I could do what he does one day. We're really excited to welcome Jeff Hall. Jeff is a PGA professional, and I've known Jeff for, I think, almost eight years, but You know, the reason why we asked Jeff, and the one thing that has always struck me about Jeff is that Jeff has turned his passion into his vocation. So, Jeff, I want to welcome you to this edition of My First Job in Sports. Thank you so much for letting me join both of you. Jeff, why don't you do this uh, for our um, viewers and also our listeners? Why don't you give a little bit about your background and the, the Jeff Hall story? So uh, it all started back when I was about 12 and my father uh, took a new job and moved to a new town. Uh, Never touched a golf club before. Played all the other sports growing up, you know, baseball, football, hockey, soccer, all the other ones. And the kids in town, the friends that I started to make at the new school I had to attend, played golf on the weekends. So uh, my dad, one of his members of his club, gave, uh, gave me some persimmon power built clubs. Ooh, I love and it. I went out and started playing on a little nine hole course, uh, Dutcher golf club in Pauling, New York. And, um, because of my hockey background happened to pick it up pretty quickly. Um, ended up going to Canterbury prep school in New Milford, Connecticut to play soccer and hockey and ended up that golf became my main sport when I was done. Uh, so then I, my junior year, I, um, sent a Uh, application down to Methodist University in Fayetteville, North Carolina, got accepted, and it's a professional golf management school, and I was on my way to becoming a PGA professional. So that professional golf management program is uh, an interesting program. I think it's at about a dozen schools across the country. Can you explain exactly what's uh, involved in that program? Sure. So along with your core curriculum of college, you also take golf classes. Uh, We were fortunate enough at Methodist, we had an 18-hole golf course at the bottom of campus that we could walk to and play at every day, as well as you could work on the golf course, so you could learn about the agronomy of it, or you could work in the golf shop and you could learn about the merchandising of it, because we did sell Methodist University merchandise. Um, And then you go through and you do your tournament operations, all the way through food and beverage management, uh, learning how to calligraphy, uh, all your computer programs that you need, regripping, and how to become a teacher, learning about the swing principles and swing laws, and all sorts of things that go into becoming a good golf professional. Uh, that being said, it doesn't 
teach you how to put up with people, which is a huge part of this job and uh, learning how to what I call personality management and who fits with who and who doesn't fit with who, which is an extremely important part of the golf business. If you're trying to especially get into a private club like I'm at, where everybody sees everybody every day, um, everybody's not going to get along. It's just not the way it's going to work. But I'm fortunate enough here at Stonebridge that that is a very, very minority based clientele that I have. Everybody here, most everybody is so friendly and we're at such a good club here at Stonebridge. So I really want to focus a little bit on the personality management aspect because you have kind of a unique position in that uh, your customers are, in a way, also your bosses, correct? Oh, absolutely. I have about 450 bosses. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but to be, honest, to be honest with you, they're more like family. Uh, now that I've been here long enough, I've got to know them. I take trips with them. And that's a big part, um, playing with them, spending four hours on the golf course, getting to know them. You know, I can I can call him Neil instead of Mr. Schwartz and all the other things that go along with it. And you really start to bond with your members here. You learn about their families, you learn about their grandkids and you learn their likes and dislikes. Uh, and you can't approach everybody the same way. You know, um, I always go back to Jimmy Johnson, the coach of the Cowboys. And he used to say, I don't treat Troy Aikman the same as my backup offensive lineman. You know, so there's a certain way that you have to manage uh, certain members, depending. And um, we have a lot of committees that I sit on. I sit on six committees here at the club and that are a lot of decisions are made. And it's it's important to um, to understand that part of it. Jeff, during the pandemic, golf was one of those sports that was really able to, you know, and I hate to say the word benefit because, um, you know, it sounds a little bit, you know, like they're taking advantage of, of a bad situation, which it clearly has. But the golf business, in fact, has been able to uh, take you know advantage of certain things um, around the pandemic. But tell me a little bit about you know all of the different aspects of your job. You talked a little bit about managing people, but talk a little bit about managing the program, managing you know the golf shop, managing you know all of the different aspects that go into that. Absolutely. So uh, one of my keys when I came here seven years ago. I was the head pro and I worked for the director. And then about a year and a half later, my director retired. He was here for almost 20 years. And uh, the club selected me to become the director of golf. So at that part, I started to build my team. And building a team was the most important thing to me because I, I don't like to micromanage. Uh, sometimes I have to, but I prefer not to. And I prefer to train everyone uh, as well as possible and keep employees for the long term and try to have as little turnover as possible. And I feel like if you build your team, that makes your job easier. I'm very lucky. I have a wonderful head golf professional. I have two great assistants. I have a good shop merchandiser. So even though I go and I go to the merchandising shows and I assist in buying the merchandise, uh, they, they steam all the merchandise. They display all the merchandise. They, um, sell all the merchandise, they're dealing with the customers in the shop. Uh, and then we might have a 120 person tournament that day. So then the outside staff, the Rangers are on the golf course running the tournament. Um, one of the assistants had to do the scorecards and to set up the tournament. I do all the double checks of the tournament a couple days prior. 
So there's a lot that goes in. And then we're not even talking about golf lessons and different things like that that happen on a daily basis. So there's a lot that goes into my job. Jeff, you know, the one thing that's always impressed me, and, and I do have the advantage, of course, of knowing you for a long time, is that I have found you to be somebody who always leads by example. You're always out in front. If there's something that needs to get done, you know, if, if let's say all of your staff were tied up, you were always one to jump in. Talk a little bit about where you picked up on that philosophy for yourself. Right. So before I talked um, talked about growing up and my father having a new job, my dad was a general manager of a private hunting club up in New York. So all it is is a golf club with guns. And I grew up under a general manager my whole life and watched him do the same thing and took all those traits. And, you know, I was lucky to have great bosses throughout my golf industry. And then I might have had a couple that weren't the best. But you you learn from each. You learn what to do. You learn what not to do. Uh, but one of one of my things is that I always want to make sure they know there's nothing that I won't do when I ask them to do something. If I ask them to do it, I'm going to do it. I'll pick the range. I'll clean clubs. I'll clean carts and whatever they need. I'll grab bags out of the bag room. It doesn't matter. So um, like, for instance, this time of year, we're a little short staffed. I got seasonal workers that are away. So the other day I had to help clean clubs, take out trash from the golf carts because that's what needed to be done. So that's um, that's one big part that I try to instill also in my assistants and understand this morning we had an event and we had all of us, the head pro and the assistants, we were all helped setting up the range with all the staff. So we're setting up the ropes and the pyramids and the bag stands and making sure everything is perfect prior to the entry of the tournament. So I think that's a, uh, a great philosophy that uh, young people listening or watching this can learn as they sort of advance their careers and move, move sure. up into management. But Jeff, talk to us a little bit about, you talked about your college experience, you talked about what you're doing now. Fill in the gaps for us a little bit in terms of how do you get that first break in the golf business and, and get started on this road? So during the summer of college, you try to select a course where you want to do a summer and internship for three months. And I kept going back to New York and I worked at uh, Casper Kill Country Club, which was the IBM course in Poughkeepsie, New York. And I worked at Hudson National, which is in Croton on the Hudson and uh, Dutchess Country Club. So I went back up and I um, in 2003 started working at Branton Woods Country Club in Hopewell Junction, which is now Trump National Hudson Valley private club, um, very nice place up in New York. And that got me the start of my assistant professional career. Um, after a few years, I decided that I wasn't going to do snow. So I went home. I was um, with a lady at the time. And I told her, I said, well, I'm going to move to Florida. You can move with me if you'd like. You don't have to, but I'm going. And she actually graduated from the University of West Florida. So we picked Pensacola and I went down to Pensacola. I had no job and I just started bringing resumes around to all the golf courses. And I landed on the club at Hidden Creek in Navarre. Um, I was the assistant golf professional. I had a GM slash director. Um, and then about a year later, that person resigned. So I had a six month interview on the job interview uh, and Passed and they gave me the head professional job. So at 25 years old, I was a head golf professional of the club at Hidden Creek in Navarre, Florida. And my experiences were outstanding. I made so many mistakes. Um, I, you know, 25 years old, 
in charge of 25 to 30 employees, anywhere from 18 to 75. And um, I made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot. Um, and a few years later, got an offer to go to the polo club in Boca. And I wanted to get back into the private club. And so that's when I came down here to Boca Raton. And uh, the rest has been history. I was at the polo club, got a phone call to uh, run Westchester Country Club, the public 27-hole golf course. We would do 300 to 350 rounds a day. So I ran that for about five years until I got the call to come here to become the golf professional. So I've been very fortunate ever since I will the entire time. But I've gotten the last two jobs people have called me. So I've been very lucky. Um, I think hopefully the hard work that I've put in has paid off. And um, where I'm at today, I'm so blessed. Jeff, you talked about making mistakes. And I think that's a really interesting kind of topic to kind of delve a little bit more into. You know, um, you know, today's college seniors or, or those that are looking to get jobs, you know, everything's not going to be perfect all the time. You know, if you're trying, you're not making mistakes. Talk a little bit about making mistakes and how you were able to either, you know, recover or overcome in many situations. The big thing was the management of personalities and how to handle people. And, uh, you know, I'm an excitable guy. I'm a high energy guy. Yep. I like to go, 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 go. Yep. And some people can't really go, 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 go. So yep. you always want people to try to do everything the way you're going to do it. Well, that's never going to happen. So you learn how to be patient. And I think the mistakes that I always made was I wasn't patient enough. And so I've learned. But at the same time, that first job, I didn't have any training. I was just thrown in. Um, so all the tournaments. So I started tournament checklists because we would miss something on a tournament. And I started I started making, you know, standard operating procedures and procedural manuals. And I started doing all that. What they teach you in college, but each place is different. So when you go in there, you have to understand what makes that place tick. And once you understand that, then you can develop your program. You can hire the certain people that work for you. Um, and then you can start operating a true team. And that's the biggest thing. You know, I'm the coach. They're the players. So they win the games. I just set it up. I set up the playbook and they go out and they win the game for me on a daily basis. And they do that. And I'm very lucky to have them all. Jeff, you talked also a little bit about um, you know, a lot of the things that you learned in school. So I'd like you to maybe go back and talk a little bit about a lot of the courses that you took in school. But you know what I'd also like you to get to? Talk a little bit about your post-college education. I know for a fact that you have gotten additional certifications um, and you've gone to some other types of programs to fill in some of the gaps of the things you didn't learn. And I know that's important to you. Yeah, Um Number one is the rules of golf because there's so many rules and they're always updating the rules and changing the rules. And I'm sure there's more changes coming soon. So we're constantly going to rule seminars because the last thing you want to happen is be in the club championship down to the wire on the 18th hole and you make a bad rolling. Right. And you're the director of golf. Well, there goes your credibility. So I'm not saying I know all the rules off the top of my head. But I do know the rules book very well. And if I don't know the rule, I can look it up within about 15 to 20 seconds or so and find the correct ruling right on the spot. So that took a while to learn. And that was constant education through the years. And you're still learning the rules. The rules just changed, as we know, a couple of years ago. 
and I'm sure they're working on something in the pipeline right now. Uh, the second thing was I wanted to become a better teacher and I wanted to help my students. And I was always pretty successful with it, but I wanted to learn more and there had to be something. And then TPI came along, which is the Titleist Performance Institute. I'm going to ask about that. That teaches you all about the kinesiology and what the body can and cannot do. So I never, I don't have a motto. I don't have a rule with golf swings. My only rule is there are no rules. So we teach to what the person is able to do. Uh, and TPI really taught me that. So I went through all three levels of TPI and I can build a, I put a member through a 13 point physical screening. I then go to the trainer in the fitness center and we build a workout program for the member and we get them on a six week program. And you see within the six weeks, the member improve their golf swing. And I've had members go, I can tie my shoes now. I haven't been able to tie my shoes in forever. You know what? I have so much energy. I went home and I cleaned my house. I haven't cleaned my house in forever. So it's a better lifestyle for people when they understand that a little bit of fitness goes a long way. And obviously part of our business is we want to keep our jobs for as long as possible. So you want to keep the members younger, longer. And that has to do with fitness as well. Um, so the fitness department and the golf department are very closely connected here at Stonebridge. Yeah, and I got to believe that's that's a modern trend. Uh, I'm old enough where I can remember you'd see golfers out on the golf course, uh, a little overweight, smoking. Mm -hmm. And these were yep. the pros. These were the role models. So yep. I, th I think the notion of sort of fitness and golf and nutrition and all that being connected is just something that we'll see more and more of uh, as a, a growth sector. Um, yeah. Jeff, quick question. Did you consider other careers in golf or, you know, sort of situated where you are? What are some of the other uh, careers that you look at in the sport of golf that, that uh, look attractive? So great question. Um, I was dabbling with becoming a director of instruction because I love teaching so much. Uh, and I really wasn't sure until I got to Stonebridge seven years ago. Uh, and when I came here as the head pro, I mainly gave lessons. That's what I did. I taught six, seven lessons a day, every day. The members loved getting, getting lessons and trying to get better. I had programs and clinics. Um, and then when the director of golf retired and I came in the director of golf, I really started getting interested into the whole club as overall. And now I'm actually the director of sports activities. So I, I facilitate tennis, pickleball, the pool, the spa, and fitness. So I'm, I'm the director of all of those areas now. I oversee all of those areas. I still have a director of fitness who does a great job and another trainer. I have a director of racket sports and an assistant director of racket sports who both do a great job. Um, but going forward, we're looking at the future of this club. Uh, one of the biggest things is you do have to look in front, see what you can do better every single day, see what you can improve. And then you bring it to the powers to be and they let you know if it's financially feasible or not, or do we have to wait another year or two years? But we're always looking to get better and to evolve Stonebridge and not stand still. Um, another job, you could be a merchandiser. So there's big clubs up, huge clubs that PJ professionals are merchandisers. Some people own the shop and that's their source of income is they own the shop. Um, there's other golf, they're PGA general managers. Um, that run the whole entire club. If it's more of just a golf club versus a country club, the golf pro will be in charge of the entire facility. So there's a lot of different aspects 
You could be a tournament director. Um, for instance, the PGA professionals out here playing at the club today, we have a section run by PGA professionals. So you could also do that. There's PGA professionals that are rules officials, and they do rules officials for the PGA Tour as well as run their country club. So there's a lot of different avenues you can go as far as the golf business goes. Jeff, I know you meet with a lot of sales reps uh, from time to time. Do you think that's an avenue that people can take a look at, especially young graduates, can take a look at as a way to break into the golf business? Especially on the hard goods side, meaning golf clubs. Um, there's a lot, there's not a lot, but there are PGA professionals that end up doing that and they go and what you'll do is they'll drive to different golf courses and they'll have experience days. They might rep TaylorMade, Callaway, Cobra, Zexio, Ping, Hanma, who knows? Um, but that is definitely an avenue. And it's funny that you say that because we were just having that discussion the other day and they're looking for more PGA professionals to get into that avenue because of the expertise, instead of just somebody off the street who knows a lot about golf clubs, but they have to work on the packages because they still have to support families. So that is, that is something that's really happening right now. And that is strictly due to COVID um, because that wasn't the case before, but golf club sales booming. They've never been this high. They're back up, back ordered five, six months. Some companies, they can't make them fast enough. Um, and so PGA professionals are going into that aspect of the golf business. All right. So, Jeff, uh, great conversation. Really enjoyed talking to you today. Uh, as we start to wind down, I'm going to ask you to burst everyone's bubble. Uh, <laughs> probably people out here listening and watching are like, oh, my God, I want a job like Jeff Hall. You get to play so much golf. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I worked in the golf business for a number of years, and I don't think I ever played less golf when <laughs> When I worked in the golf business. So give it to us straight, Jeff. How much golf are you able to play? Well, once again, I'm blessed. Um, if, if my wife allowed me to, we just, we just welcomed another baby girl into the world a month ago. So uh, my golfing days have been minimal because I want to make sure I go home and relieve the missus. Uh, make sure she's happy at all times. Very important to my life. So um, as an assistant... Uh, I was single and I would show up to the golf course in the dark and I would leave in the dark for many, many days in a row and never see the golf course because we were running events and we were giving lessons. But then coming to Stonebridge, being so blessed to be at a nice, unique golf club and smaller golf club in the afternoons, I can go play golf if I have free time. Um, so if I go play golf once a week right now, that's really good. I do play professional events throughout the summer. In season, I make sure I hit balls every week just to keep my game sharp. So if I have to go join a member group, then it's it's not like, oh man, I haven't touched a club in a month. Yeah. You know, so I'll hit balls in between lessons periodically just to make sure that the swing's still there. I'll hit putts period. I walk out of the golf shop. I'm in the middle of budgets for the last three hours. I need a 15-minute break. I'll walk out to the putting green and hit putts for 15 minutes just to keep the putting stroke. So that's my key to keeping my game sharp is finding that little bit of downtime just to make sure I'm doing something with golf, chipping, putting, or hitting balls. Uh, but you are 100% true, Mark. Unless there's some director of instructions out there that play, those jobs are few and far between. If you mm -hmm. can land a director of instruction job where you play and teach, those are great. Um, 
at the same time, I love exactly where I'm at. I wouldn't change it for anything. And it gives me a huge variety. So I'm never stuck in one place with my current status here at Stonebridge. We want to thank Jeff Hall for coming on my first job in sports today to talk a little bit about opportunities in the golf industry. And also the one thing that has really stuck out to me about Jeff, and I've known Jeff for a while, is that he has been able to turn his passion really into his vocation. And I can't really stress that enough because I know for a fact that Jeff doesn't consider this like work. This is fun and, and all that. And I think that's wonderful. Jeff, let me close with two things. Number one, if there was something that you wish you would have learned while you were in college, what would it have been? And then the second part of that question is, what sort of advice can you impart upon graduates or, or future graduates, possibly about getting into the golf business or at least, you know, following that, you know, your passion? So I wish I would have paid more attention in accounting. I think, and and learning the Excel, you know, formulas, which I had to learn later. So when I was at the polo club, I went to the director at the time. I said, look, I need to learn this. I know I'm going to need to know. Now I can see the writing on the wall. So I started taking Excel classes on the side and going, going to PowerPoint presentations and learning from professionals in that field, just so I had that extra um, knowledge of those. And it, Help me expedite work so much. Help me get so many things done. As far as advice, find the best mentor possible and stick with them. I like that. Find somebody who's great in the industry, who's hardworking, who's positive, um, and find try to find a club that will help you with education, that will pay for different things. Because there's a lot of clubs out there that send you to rural schools, send you to TPI, pay for your events. And that really helps financially because as an assistant, you're not making a ton of money as an assistant. You got to work to end up becoming more financially stable um, in this business. But it is a phenomenal business. Um, I'm so lucky. Once again, I can't stress enough. I'm so lucky to be where I'm at. You know, it's interesting. This is the seventh show or seventh episode so far of my first job in sports. And, and, each episode, we've been able to get like a different piece of advice. And Jeff, I have to say you're the first person that talked a little bit about finding a good mentor. And I think that is a really, really good yeah. piece of advice. Yeah, there's a lot of good PGA professionals out there and a lot of good clubs out there. And unfortunately, I've seen some PGA professionals go to the wrong spot and they get burnt out. And going to the right spot and choosing the right club is a very important part in the beginning. For sure, an important part throughout your entire life, but in the beginning, it can really set you up on the correct tr track to become successful. I think finding a good mentor is something that everyone can really benefit from. Finding that one person that you can latch on sure. to and, and use as a sounding board, use as somebody. Hey, we want to thank Jeff Hall, PGA professional, for coming on this episode of My First Job in Sports, presented by SBRNet, along with our friends from the Sports and Fitness Industry Association. Jank, Jeff, thanks for coming on, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of My First Job in Sports, presented by SBRNet. You can check out the video version on the SBRNet video corner on YouTube. You can also catch the audio version on all major podcast platforms. Just search for My First Job in Sports. My First Job in Sports is produced by Brad Maybe. 
You can connect with us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or check us out at sbrnet.com. Thank you for tuning in.